Welcome to the Impact Food Forum. We bring the food industries together from small producers, scientists, chefs, and corporations to create a better food future for all of us. Standing together, this global community will have a positive effect on the food industries and all the people involved. Welcome to the Impact Food Forum. The first question I was, I just came to think of, uh, it's because in Denmark we have an expression where it says that we need to eat a pound of dirt a year. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, if we live in a sterile society, uh, we'll be much more vulnerable to getting mm -hmm. sick. Yeah. And now we're really in an era of washing hands, sanitizing. What are you? What are your thoughts about us being? Can we be too clean? Can we be too hygienic? Yeah, it's actually a question I've thought about a lot, um, uh, given our current circumstances. Um, so I totally, first of all, agree with the eat a pound of dirt a year comment, um, because um, if we kind of go back in time um, uh, and we look at sort of how infectious diseases and then chronic diseases have emerged in society, infectious diseases, like what we're dealing with uh, right now, um, are definitely related to hygiene, okay? Contaminated water systems, um, communicable diseases. And so there's no doubt that improved hygiene has eradicated a lot of diseases that we used to see in the Western world. Uh, what then emerged as infectious diseases kind of went down is chronic diseases emerged. So diabetes, heart disease, obesity, things like that. And it follows a very interesting inverse trend. So with increasing hygiene, you have an increase in, in these chronic diseases. Um, obviously, there's many things that play into it, diet, nutrition, all that sort of stuff. However, um, I study, you know, gut microbiome and the bacteria that live in the gut. And what we do know is that um, hypercleanliness can reduce the diversity of organisms that live on your body. I mean, it's pretty obvious, you, you clean, you get rid of bugs. Um, but many of those bacteria you actually need and, and they're good for you. So um, uh, I, what I predict is that, um, you know, right before the coronavirus outbreak emerged, I believe global society had really started embracing this concept of uh, eating dirt and exposing yourself to the to nature and letting your kids touch all sorts of things. I think we were moving that direction uh, because people started to realize it's good for the immune system and, and, and boosting your immunity, especially early in life. Now, my prediction is um, while hand washing is absolutely necessary right now, it's a thing to do, that's going to be a practice that's going to stay with us for quite some time. It's going to become a habit. And we are, there's going to be some effects on our, of our natural microbiome. We're probably going to be, go back to that too clean era. And, you know, we might see some exacerbation of certain issues emerge because we're not protecting our microbiome. It's difficult to have it all. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So when, um, when hygiene sets in, so does chronic diseases. Yeah, um, yeah, and again, many other things play into that, but there, people have studied this, and there's a there's a relationship to that. Well, <laughs> do you think the um, do we call it the crisis? 
now do it do you do you think that covid 19 will have an impact on the way we'll eat in the future Suzanne? yeah um you know i think there's short-term changes behavioral changes and and maybe some long-term things um humans are resilient and adapt very kind of quickly so I believe um, we will return to our old way of dining out and eating and communal tables. And that, that I believe, will return at some point. Um, but just yesterday, you know, the governor of California hinted at what a plan might look like for uh, reopening, you know, um, various businesses. And he alluded to perhaps... Um, uh, you know, restaurants, it, when they open, the waiters all may have to be wearing masks. And so that kind of changes that relationship between diner and waiter or waitress. Um, and they may require that tables be set a certain distance apart, which means restaurants will have fewer tables. Um, and so then, you know, uh, there's a question about the restaurateur, you know, is it worth it then to have a restaurant with fewer tables? Um, and then there's a dining experience with, with people. Um, I believe people want to eat out. I think people are still going to eat out. Um, that's not going to change, but it's going to be slow. I think people are going to be a little afraid in the very beginning, but it'll go back to normal. That's my belief. What have you changed uh, in, in your daily routines? Well, I mean, a lot of it is forced. So <laughs> there's by choice, uh, you know, I can't say that I, uh, there's many things that um, I'm choosing to do differently than everybody else. But, um, you know, I uh, have tried to, I mean, I'm inside most of the day, you know, and typically I'm going to and from work. Uh, I'm a scientist, so. I need to be physically where the lab is and that's not happening. So I do a lot of my work writing and things like that now, which is great. Um, but I, uh, you know, exercise has been a big challenge. I think not just for me, uh, for everybody. And, um, uh, you know, I think what I've tried to do is have a routine, you know, try, you know, get up at the same time every day you know, exercise at a certain time, start my work at a certain time, I have calls scheduled between a certain time, and then I make time for relaxation, you know, at the end of the day. So sticking to a routine so I just don't feel like I'm in some parallel universe um, where nothing is, you know, real um, is, is what I've chosen to do. Uh, you're, spending... you're in California? Yes, Los Angeles. Uh, how long has that been closed down? We've been talking with people all over. Uh, the world uh, like we had Kirk we talked with uh, he's in Singapore they closed down a week ago uh, oh okay yeah and we talked with um, uh, Sean Philippe from London they've been closed mm -hmm. for a month so it's yeah. really different from where you are right now how long have you in, in, in Los Angeles been closed or how is it yeah so um, it's been about a month. Um, California was the first state to shut down. Um, and as a result, we have probably the least deaths and, and, and we're actually handling this fairly well. Um, so I think we shut down March um, 17th, maybe March 12th, in that week. Um, and we're still closed down and probably will be for another month. The stay at home order is extended through May 15th. So um, yeah, it's been about a month. Yeah, do you do you because you you work um, 
you're very good with what's going on in the in in the <laughs> in the um, microbiology in your intestines, right? Yeah. Have you got any particular insight in virology that you can link with this? Do you do you have something to bring to the table that you can go? Oh, COVID nineteen. I have this idea. Is there anything that you've been? <laughs> Uh, can, can you participate with your knowledge in solving this problem? Yeah, um, you know, the reality is all, all scientists, you know, who are trained in molecular biology, like most scientists, um, uh, have the skills and database to help probably in some way. Um, but uh, there are many university regulations and things that prevent them from actually getting involved in the part that's for safety. So um, for us, but because we are microbiologists and, and focused on, on the gut, there is a much clearer link to what we can do with this COVID, COVID-19 situation. Um, actually, just right before this call, I was on another call with... Um, a team of other researchers and we're starting a project uh, uh, now um, where we're looking at the GI tract and COVID-19 COVID patients because these patients, you know, it's a respiratory disease primarily, um, but there are um, diarrhea, for example, is a very common symptom and sometimes will be more dominant than the respiratory symptoms. But if that is ignored, you might miss, you may think you have something else, you know, not COVID-19. So we're trying to work on the GI gastrointestinal aspect of COVID-19 just to help um, clinicians, the physicians in the hospital, but, but the public as well understand um, really to help improve hygiene and be more aware of how they can transmit this uh, because if they have the knowledge then they can actually enact certain prevention strategies at home and in the public so uh, so we are working on that front yeah when I when I came came back from the US when when everything closed down I almost had a panic attack when I went to the supermarket because it was just so overwhelming what can you touch and how long does it stick and what yeah. is, what i know that this is not within your field but just just as a as a regular person how do you think this will affect um our mental health yeah uh that's a multi-layered um question because this is affecting people in different ways uh, mentally so um, uh, there's the paranoia aspect of this feeling that everything is contaminated and how do we prevent getting contaminated? You know, my, my mother is one of these people. So I often have this conversation about, okay, let's think rationally about this. Let's think logically. How is the virus spread? It's spread mostly in water droplets from a cough or a sneeze or by talking in close, you know, so if you go to the grocery store and maybe someone who's contaminated coughed on a cucumber or something, how long does it stay on the cucumber? Okay, so you don't know who last touched it. So what are mitigation strategies? You bring that home. And I hear some people washing their vegetables with Clorox bleach. And that's like the worst thing you can do. Do not wash your vegetables or food with bleach. Um, what I try to emphasize to people is soap. There is nothing better out there than soap and water for anything, for your hands, for your body, 
for vegetables for killing a virus, okay, especially this virus. Soap will, will break up the virus and it'll die. So if you're really worried about your, you can't stop going to the grocery store, but you can get your vegetables and you can wash them with soap and water and that will take care of it. You don't need to do anything more fancy. Don't buy any gimmicky things people are selling you. Soap and water is all you need. Do you recommend? Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna address the other, just the mental health as other aspects are of, of, of just being closed in and being confined and not being able to socialize. Those are very real. Um, and hard to tackle. And I think um, one of the things I think has really helped people is video conferencing, you know, Zoom happy hours and things like that. I think I've really helped people. And there's a lot of hotlines that have popped up for people if they're in distress, just call and talk to somebody. Um, and I think every country has some form of that now, really trying to address the loneliness and anxiety issues, because it's a real thing. It is. How do, you, how do you do it with your colleagues? Do you, you go to work every day? I don't. Um, we're on a skeleton crew sort of thing. We, we, I have one person in the lab each day um, because we have animals and just things we have to take care of still. Um, and so uh, someone, one person out of the lab comes in each day. Um, I manage things you know, virtually um, and I come in if... Um, uh, we have some, so we're doing some COVID-19 studies. So I'll come in to sort of, uh, I like to receive those samples, ideally myself. I don't want to put my lab at, at risk unnecessarily. So I'll come in as needed, but I'm pretty much at, at home most of the time. What are, what are your hopes? Because right now the whole world is looking to people like you to save us. Well, what, what can you give us? <laughs> Uh, as a like a straw that we can hang on to to boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, life will return to normal. Um, there will that is that there is a future where where that happens. Um, the world will not be forever changed. Um, it will be forever in our memory, just like every major event, and that will leave some indelible marks in our brain, probably some behavioral and so on. Um, that just is what it is. But the life as we knew it just a month ago or two months ago, when we were going to parties and traveling and that sort of, we will travel again, we will go on vacation again, we will eat in restaurants again and, and all of that. What we do just need to be aware of is um, this virus is likely not going away permanently. It will, just like the flu, the flu has been around for centuries, right? And we just deal with it. We have a vaccine, we know that it's seasonal, and occasionally we get sick, and, and you know, we have harsh, some partial immunity to it. Um, and uh, the, I believe that this coronavirus will become something that we will routinely get vaccinated against um, and will become one of our seasonal viruses. Um, uh, and so until we get to the point where uh, we have a vaccine, we know how to, you know, test for it reliably and can test everybody, um, just like we can, you know, these things we can do with the flu, um, life can return to normal. Um, but until then, we need to give the scientists and doctors enough time to develop these strategies. So stay at home, practice hygiene, wear masks, you know, help us buy some time. And then this, the more we adhere to that, um, life, the sooner life will return to normal. Um, 
you know, some people, I think even, you know, many restaurants are, will maybe have already closed. I mean, everyone's experienced financial hardship. Um, and, you know, I, you know, if, if there's ways for patrons to help support their favorite restaurants in some way or another, just to keep them afloat, you know, that's, I encourage that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, we're going to see some of our favorite places, you know, disappear or reinvent themselves or, or something. Um, uh, and, and, and that will be a little hard to see, but I think on the whole life will return to normal, but until then, um, listen to the scientists, listen to the physicians, your public health officials, they're actually acting in your best interest. They're not, they're not unaware of the economic impact of this. Everyone wants everything to reopen again, but just keeping in mind, if we quickly just opened up right away, we're going to have another surge of infections again. So we have to do it very slowly, very carefully, um, so that we don't have a spike and then we have to shut down all over again. Um, but uh, there is hope.